All right, Marky, episode 37. We are joined by Chuck Goodspeed, a proprietor that reinvents himself continuously. Chuck, welcome to the program. How are you, brother? All right, not too bad today. All right, well, Chuck Chuck gets into this industry back in 1977, and the industry is, Marky, the bar and restaurant business. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Chuck is currently uh, the co-owner of the Charlie's Boatyard. Chuck, where are we located here? 1111 Furman Boulevard, the old small boat harbor. Yeah, very beautiful. Good good digs up here, Marky. So you start in 1977 in the industry at Hands. Hands Party Bar. Hands Party Bar. That's Tell us right. about that. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, used to hang out there first, and then an opportunity came up to spin records on Thursday nights for the Ladies Softball League, and I was told I got free drinks to spin records, so I was just kind of like, this is great, I can do this, you know? So uh, started spinning records, and uh, the next thing you know, uh, Mickey needed a bartender. Mickey Garrity was the owner at the time, so I went behind the bar. Were you spinning rock and roll or disco? Uh, mostly rock and roll. You all know? right. Oh, all right. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of crazy. I think the most uh, disco song I played was Bohemian Rhapsody because uh, nobody knew what the hell was going on back then. And back then, you know, our younger uh, listeners don't understand the way it was. It was the old West back in 1977. Oh, God, it was crazy. It was, uh, we had an awful lot of fun. There, was, uh, there wasn't too many rules because there wasn't too many rule breakers, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, who who hands is what is now Molly McGuire's? Molly McGuire's. Yes. Molly McGuire's. But the scenery was a lot different then. There was it was a couple no, bars not there, much. Right? <laughs> no, the, the, I'm just saying there's a couple <laughs> bars. I'm not saying the bar stools. Those As John Fisher said, guys. it's still red. <laughs> the inside bathroom walls are still red. No, it was uh, that was we had a, always had a good time in there. It was uh, it was a good neighborhood. There wasn't too many neighborhood places up on Abbott Road back then. I mean, it was Smitty's for parents and stuff like that to hang around. And then there was Hula Hands and, and the ounce and a half. And the ounce and a half was a place you went to with all guys because girls weren't allowed. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of us hung around Hula Hands. There's not many of those places left. No, not at all. But wasn't there a bar right across the street? What was the bar across the street from Molly's? Well, when Hula Hands opened up, it used to be called Lou Pangles. And then it went to, uh, and then it went to Docks. No, 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 no. It went to uh, Cocklands. Cocklands was there. It was Muds. Um, it was mainly Muds. Probably back in what the early '80s, I think it was. It was Mud McGrath. And then it went to uh, Cocklands when Joey Cocklin and, and uh, Tommy Gallagher and then bought into it and stuff like that. Then it was torn down, and now it's a Rite Aid. Well, a, a lot of people don't know the the side of the building of Rite Aid actually still has the mural from Mud McGrath. Right. And that was, uh, I think, did Devin McGowan paint that? Yeah, I, I don't believe? know. I, I remember it, and they went, they just put the building against it, so yeah. it's still there. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Interesting. That's awesome. So then we go, we, we're we in the industry. We're throwing people out. We're cutting people <laughs> off, I bet. And, uh, you know, we're hearing interesting stories down the road. And talk to us about... The Glass Abbey that was uh, owned by your father, Chuck Goodspeed. Uh, the Glass Abbey. I, well, I was quite the jackass growing up and stuff like that. So as a teenager, older teenager, early 20, you know, you know everything. Nobody can tell you anything different and stuff like that. So I had a little hard time with my dad and that. 
and finally came to fruition. Just kind of like, hey, dude, man, you got to get a you got to get a job. So my dad had opened up a restaurant, started working on it in 1980. Opened it up in 1981 on my birthday, January 9th, and I went to work for him on January 10th. You know, and it was uh, just one of those stories where I started out. He goes, you aren't coming in here and doing whatever the hell you want. You know, uh, he said, you're going to start out washing dishes. Then I went to busboy. Then I went to a waiter. Then I went into the kitchen, worked my way along the line. And then I ended up as a bartender. And so I worked bartender for him for, oh, gosh, good eight years, which was a lot of fun. That oh, brought me yeah. to my next adventure. Now, yeah, well, t- tell us where that the Glass Abbey was. It was, it was, uh, it was great. There was a... There used to be a parking lot across the street, but then they decided to build Pilot Field, and uh, <laughs> he got it, lucky, huh? It was uh, it was pretty cool. Like I said, you know, it was, uh, the construction crews are great. You, you know, some of the guys that were there, Butchie Shoe, Shoe and the Bush, Man, Butchie the Shoe, uh, Butchie the Shoe was there and stuff, and uh, they had a good crew. Uh, we had a lot of fun with them guys. Uh, the construction guys coming in, who you never thought would have mixed because it was a it was a tr- it was a uh, a suit place, you know? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. So there was, uh, I mean, I had all the HSBC people in there. Like, um, they had some uh, pretty high-ranking people that used to hang out in that place. And uh, But Butch and them guys came in. We had a ball. It was uh, it was a good crew. Yeah, and then now you're going to go get your own joint. And this is around, what, 96? We're going to 96. Go. Didn't you learn, like, you don't know? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> when I did, someone like, what are you doing, kid? What I did learn is you, you learn a lot with this size 11 and a half up your ass most of the time because that's the only way to learn. I'm telling yeah, you, I, yeah. in this business, um, it looks easy. It looks it's so easy to do. You know, you just go in there, you take the money out of the till, you go out, you go out partying and shit like that. That's, uh, that's just not the way it is. So. Um, I helped my dad out as much as I can, and uh, I had a family, I started a family, and uh, it, you can just see, like, where that part of downtown was, it started going downhill a little bit, you know, I said the bisons were dropping off, mm-hmm. um, there just wasn't as much business as before, so I, with a kid that was bartending with me, Jerry O'Brien, I said, Jerry, I said, there's a place on Seneca Street in Elk. I said, we should go take a look at it. I said, we'll call it something. We got to call it something Irish. So I said, yeah. we'll use your last name, my first name. And I said, we'll just go try it, you know. And uh, we did. And it worked out really, really well for a lot of people. We had a lot. Um, Charlie O'Brien's, 865 Elk Street, I can still tell you. Yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a good place. I was a dish dog there, Mark. Before I got you never my, worked uh, there. Tell him the story. Why I got rid of you? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, 97. Do tell. Was, Do tell. 97 was great. <laughs> I probably on. didn't. Say I probably it. just didn't show up. It, it was show Patty's day. day. Yeah. Yeah, it was oh. probably Patty's day. It's always Patty's yeah, day. Yeah, we, we we talked to Matt Lowe about it. <laughs> Everybody was ca- was fired. If you're not a true kitchen guy, if you didn't get fired the day after Patty's day, party. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, when I worked for people, and they're like, "No, we're going out the day before Patty's day," so. Patty's Day, you're hungover and you come to work. Yep. You know, so that that was really how you know most of the guys that I worked with. Did well, it was great. I, I would tell I would tell kids in the industry, you know, you always try. I love kids, yeah. and then when I say kids, I mean uh, the kids I bring in the kitchen, the kids I bring in the dish and dish dogs and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, I'm taking off Tuesday. It's my birthday. I said, Hey, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Why are you taking off your birthday? I said, 
do yourself a favor. Come in, go to work. I'll give you off the day after your birthday. Yeah, well, go why? out after. I said, because you're going to be fucked up, stupid. I said, you ain't going to want to work the next day. Who wants to work the day after their birthday? I said, think about it, would you? It's said, oh, yeah, Miss Goodsby, you going to do that? I said, yeah, I'll do that. Don't worry about it. I yeah. said, rather, you know. But so. like, uh, so when you're working for somebody, that's when it's like fun. And then when it's for yourself, like, was, was there like a fun drop off the second that you owned your own place? <sighs> it wasn't. Um, it was, it really was a lot of fun until uh, my current place. And the only reason I say that is uh, because of the, the amount of people, the amount of business that I do here is, is pheno- it's phenomenal. It's great. And I could handle, I could do the work of two people, three people, if you know, only because I was in the industry that long and it wasn't that crazy, you know, but here you miss, yeah, if some guy doesn't show up here, it's just kind of like, whew, I'm screwed. But when I worked for my dad, he, um, trust me, he was, he was there all the time, but he wasn't there all the time. You know, he knew he could trust me and stuff like that. Whereas, uh, when I went to Charlie O'Brien's and stuff like that, you know, you kind of got in the back of your head and that, that, uh, you could trust your guys and stuff. Yeah. Which was pretty good. And we didn't have cameras back then. We would never have cameras back then because we didn't ever want to see what the hell was going on anyways. You know? <laughs> then you get caught. What happened here? I don't uh, know. That <laughs> uh, wasn't that. It was, uh, you're right. That was that. <laughs> uh, but you look at those places like Charlie O's. I remember I used to you know, go in there. We'd see Danny Bowen and those guys. Those shot in the beer places are really going away, aren't they, Charlie? Oh, absolutely. Um if you want to start, you can start from the state. The state doesn't want it. The state wants nothing but they want nothing but uh, Applebee's. They want nothing but Olive Gardens. They want nothing but all state. They're pretty much state controlled because they're all computerized and everything. So goes everything through. goes right yes. to them. Okay. And us, the shot and beer places. I mean, they were fun. I mean, let's face it. I mean, uh, your parents. I, I know you guys had some. Um, we had, like I said, Hoolahan's was a shot in beer place. Right. Uh, the ounce and a half was a shot in beer the place. The River Field before Charlie the O'Brien's. The River Field before Charlie O'Brien's yeah. was a great place. Um, but unfortunately, the way the state goes, along goes the fun, you know, the yeah. way it goes the fun. Now, what do you think the answer is there? Is it, is it just, it doesn't matter who the, the governor is or anything. That's just the way it's going to be in New York State, right? It's uh, never going to change. Well, they dug themselves in such a hole. It's, yeah. it's terrible, but... Um, it is. It's hard. Um, I do it because I love the business. It's, yeah. it's a great business. I know you've been in the business how long? The 20 years, 21 years. Yeah, that's great. Isn't I it? did it for 16, and yeah. I never worked for you, which yeah. is amazing. I, I, I can't almost, you didn't wash dishes for me somewhere. No, no, I was this. I was probably, you know, I was this close to just becoming a kitchen gypsy. Well, <laughs> no, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about the gypsies pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But so we don't like to we like to be positive here license to talk so charlie's has its time and it it goes on but while it was there a certain hall of famer walked in Bear perot Bear perot walked in after a game one day and who the hell was playing the band there's a band playing was it i don't know it was either gino mcmanus or joe head or something like that but all of a sudden like he must have known that they were playing that the, this uh, certain member was playing and when he came in and saw everybody goes, there's your portal. I said, I get the hell out of here. I said, you full of shit, you know? So if I, you look and you go, holy shit, it's Joe Pearl. Now, my wife is a huge Joe Pearl fan. I mean, 
And I call her up and say, yeah, you can't believe it. I said, Jill Perot's here. No, you're full of shit. It's okay. <laughs> so I said, next thing you know, he's singing. He gets up on the mic and he starts singing and stuff like that. And it was just like, yeah, goosebumps. It was awesome. He's a huge Elvis guy. Oh. So whenever he can, he will YouTube it out there. It, oh. It's hilarious. Oh, it's horrible. I've seen it he's before. Great. <laughs> Love, I mean, he does all the hits. Yeah. But, but it was th- awesome. those, those are the... Those days of those guys popping in, you didn't see that a lot in South Buffalo. But when those guys did come into South Buffalo, it was like a relief because nobody really gave a fuck. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, with a, a good example of that, too, is um, Bill Polian. Bill Polian used to go to Muds all the time. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, because he can, he can hide there. He can yeah. hide there and hang with people that he loved. He could talk to and stuff like that. And I don't know. The rumor has it because I never hung around her that much. Well, someone said something to him one day, and Bill Polian flipped out. I wish you should find out about who said that <laughs> because he went bonkers. Like he was like, uh, like his head started turning and shit like that. There was a good one about Tom Donahoe out there too. Somebody called him the Silver Fox. I don't know who Fox. the fuck he is. He was uh, the GM. Of the, he was GM, GM for the Bills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he flipped but out in a Napoleon local. started screaming. He said, I built this fucking team. He said, you asshole, you don't know, realize what the hell. <laughs> just kind of like, oh, just kind of like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> we've mentioned Reuben Brown used to hang around. And what is, who hands? Yeah. yeah. So when did the bar, uh, Charlie O'Brien's open? Uh, I want to say 90, 95. Oh, It was man. 95. 95, and then we, I, I left in 2006 to take another endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing: that. is that uh, what was it like for the Bills years at the uh, bar? Are you like, kidding me? I, it missed. You yeah, know, it was, was, it was awesome. in kindergarten. <laughs> before now, before that, like I said, I always um, I had some. I did manage Hands after I bartended there and stuff like that. So it was great. So it was crazy. Like the Super Bowl years, you guys, you, you couldn't believe it. It was. Uh, the cars be going down Ever Road. People were outside giving them high fives, driving by. I mean, it was just, yeah. oh, bedlam. I remember the Kansas City Chiefs coming in here. We whooped them. The Raiders, we whooped them and stuff like that. And it was uh, it was just such a great feeling until the Bills, after a good game on Sunday, it was great. Then the next week, they'd lose on a Sunday. Mondays were terrible. Oh, it just yeah. Like, yeah. It was, Still, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, it's a it's, lot. It it's, was a lot worse it was, back then. It was. It was. You didn't see anybody. I mean, you remember at the hop and that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd see a few guys. We know who we'd see. You'd see the guys that maybe got a little lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Bet the under, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bet the under and against. Yeah, Yeah, right. Uh, And you saw those guys. They're uh, like, what a day. And uh, you're like, you fucking asshole. uh, I hate you. (laughs) They used to say that uh, in some establishments in Western New York that they were worried about the floorboards. In some places, in those like 92, 93, like the comeback year and the year before that, that people were worried that floors oh, were going to collapse. Man, I'm telling you, it was crazy. I mean, um, the people, uh, the people that came out and they were just, I mean, everybody, everybody had Bill's jackets on. What the hell were they called back then? Starter uh, jackets. Yeah, starter jackets. Everybody had them on. Everybody oh, was yeah. just, I mean, that's all they talked about and stuff like that. And uh, it was a great following. But we had great teams. Yeah. You know, it was just, like, unbelievable. But what? But now? But what assholes? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, no, no. There's not, they weren't all assholes. They weren't one, all. There was, there was one big asshole. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> we won't mention his name, 12. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but there were some really cool guys. Like, yeah. I remember uh, Will Wolford and Ken Hall. I remember oh, yeah. going to a Sabres game with them. 
<laughs> and it was like one of their first Sabres games. So we were sitting uh, behind the goal, and all of a sudden a fight breaks out. So the two guys are beating the shit out of each other, and all of a sudden they get two penalties for five minutes apiece. So they look at me and they go, you only get five minutes apiece for fighting? I'm just kind of like, yeah, why? Because can you play – with tennis shoes out there, <laughs> these guys want to play hockey now. Yeah. That they realize, you know, it's like you can really beat the shit out of somebody and you only get a five-minute penalty. You're going to get thrown out like they did in the NFL. That's but they were, they were awesome guys, great so, guys. So you started a business in the longest playoff drought of all time. <laughs> you survived. How did you survive? Like, yeah. what was it like being in those years to, like, what ensued after? We had seven years of the drought. We didn't make the playoffs yeah. with the first year the we first had it year with Timmy we had Kennedy. A bar. Yeah, Timmy. Uh, Timmy yeah. Kennedy. They get rid of Timmy, and no playoffs. We Sucks. were not getting the fruits of uh, our sports teams. What was that like? How long did did the the hype last, and when did it die out? Well, back then it was, uh, I don't know. You just had to you had to figure shit out. You know, it was just kind of um, like if your business is doing bad, it's it's not the business. Somebody is doing something wrong. So right, pretty much so because. Uh, there, there's theories like you're supposed to take, oh God, X amount. Like you're supposed to be able to sell something. You charge X amount of dollars for it to make all your this and that. And um, it's just kind of like, well, well, screw that. So we just make it really good. We we'll charge a little bit cheaper than everybody else, and you know, so we we'll get through it. And uh, we hired some really good people. Uh, had a lot of fun. Made it comfortable for everybody. That's the biggest thing, though, is you make it comfortable. I made it comfortable. My mother-in-law was here. Um, her friends, Annie Murray, uh, God, uh, Betty, Annie, they, they had a great crew that come in there and people actually like, like they were probably seemed like a long time ago. They were probably like my age now, sixties and like people from 40, like forties and thirties would come in to hang out with them. Cause they were really cool people, you know, like the, and it was, uh, it was just different back then, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you just had to give somebody you had to give them a product that they wanted to come come see you yeah. for. That's all. You got the Stanley Cup run. That was oh, yeah. But back in seventy. Well, he's oh, talking no, ninety nine. Ninety nine. <laughs> no goal. Uh, you know those the bears were rocking then, right? Yeah. Uh, not as I don't know. Were they? I, that's what. <laughs> that, that's a, <laughs> that's, they a, were. that's a question. No, I think I forgot it? those years a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got involved in too much shit back then. <laughs> so then now you're gonna do. You're going to get out of the business for a little while, and you're going to go work at Southern Wines and Spirits? Yep, Southern Wines and Spirits. It was the uh, best paying job I ever had in my life and the worst job I ever had in my life. It was um, being in the industry for so long, it was uh, they wanted me to go out and they wanted me to sell you shit. And you know, being in the bar industry, and that, yeah. your salesman had to come in and sell you shit. Yeah. And I couldn't do that. It's just like, you know, I was an asshole for not selling shit. But I could sell a lot of stuff that you wanted to use and stuff. You know? Yeah, you but, just uh, didn't want to push the specials. I couldn't have pushed that crap. It was just garbage. <laughs> God. And on the back shelf, I'm going to ask some guy who's got like 18 bottles of shit back there from the last salesman. Just like, hey, why take? Ah, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was horrible. And you, and you guys know from experience. Oh, it yeah. was terrible. Skinny girl. I, mean, I, oh, I always love when they came in, though. I always love when they came in. Yeah, that when was they like, came in, they, that was my best juice. deal. Nothing better than cookies and cream vodka. So, yeah. Oh my god. I got to do some research, Jim. So I'll yeah. be a little bit messed up when you get here. <laughs> <laughs> Market yeah. research. Yeah. Does that help you later on, though? Uh, knowing whether you, the ins and outs of 
salesman? It did. It helped me. Um, when I was there, I was there for almost six years. Um, it helped me. It actually taught me to develop taste. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, you can pick up uh, a shot of whiskey. And they, you can almost, like, they teach you, like, how to, like, where the flavors are coming from and everything. Like, on the back of your tongue, on the side of your tongue. And I know as professionals in, in South Buffalo bars, it's just kind of like, yeah. You know? <laughs> but um, it was pretty neat. And then the wines, the wines were unbelievable. Was, uh, they teach you, and it was it was a good experience, but something I wouldn't want to live through again because uh, we got involved with corporate America back then, and it was nothing but pressure. And it was uh, I I couldn't go to my my customers who I try to make a relationship with and try to keep selling them garbage, and it was uh, it was horrible. So so now then you get into the brick oven bistro, which is just serving beer and wine. So you kind right. of using that expertise of the wine. Uh, yeah biz coming in there huh i didn't know how that was gonna go it was uh it was a crap shoot i my, took my son-in-law to uh what the hell's the place called across from the avro plaza um ted's i took him to, I took oh. him to breakfast one day hey, but texas hot uh, no teddy's oh teddy's and okay. I was breakfast. okay so i said come on john i want to talk to you so my son-in-law john glavy was uh he was a insulator at the time he was a pipe cover which we all knew was probably a dangerous job back then. I said, hey, you want to take a chance? Then he goes, why? What are you thinking? I said, we'll go take uh, take Riley's over. And so we'll make it into, at the time, I wanted to make it into a, a brick oven pizzeria and a deli. Because mm-hmm. I seen there was a place in Washington, I can't think of the name of it right now, I thought it would be a really cool concept in Buffalo. And uh, he said, yeah, sure. No, so it's just kind of like, oh, shit, now here we go. So uh, <laughs> You're back. All right, we're going to try, try this. You know? So we got a lot of it done, and we realized uh, we couldn't do the deli part, but the brick oven pizza, and um, I had a great kid by the name of Andy Murtha, who was our starting chef, who uh, he taught me so much. He taught me a hell of a lot. Still learning at that age. That's great. Oh, God. I mean, food. I mean, we were cooking fish fries and beef on white back at the – at Charlie O'Brien's, right. but here we're doing stuff like short ribs, we're doing salmon, we're doing this and that. And uh, this kid was so good that some jackass from Temple, the owner, <laughs> uh, came in there and stole him. It was kind of like he offered this kid money, just kind of like, holy, I said, what's the matter with me? <laughs> he yeah. goes, well, you can't cook a salmon like him. I said, all right, then yeah, I guess you got him, you know? And it was, it was nuts. Is that going on a lot? Oh, These hell days? yeah. Poaching? Hell yeah. Did you say poaching sure, chefs? Sure there is. I mean, it's uh, the good ones get poached. Uh, the ones who think they're good, they just go, they're just nuts. <laughs> they're gypsies. Do you, you follow food trends? I mean, you know what I mean? I w- I'm one of those geeks. I yeah. do. I watch. That's good, of, though. I watch yeah. shit on TV. And it's, uh, you know, you try to figure stuff that will sell and sell Buffalo. And then... Like that was at Charlie's and the, and the brick oven. And when I come down here, it's just kind of like, well, you know, you can sell it. We got to sell it to a lot of people. Yeah. This place. Uh, a lot of people from Tonawanda here, Mark. Oh, my God, <laughs> there is. There's people all over the place. Holy shit. Yeah. I can tell you stories about this place. <laughs> so do you think of using when, you, when, when you're going into the brick oven and you think, all right, well, we'll bring our Charlie's wing, my old Charlie's wings. You know, the 
the classic burger and things like that. Those things are in your mind already. And then what, are you adding on with whoever the chef you brought in, or did you make the decision with your partner, Johnny? Well, what I first did was I told him, I said, the French onion soup is mine. The Charlie's <laughs> wings are mine because mm-hmm. those are my dad's recipes, and they were great, and they worked all the time down at the Glass Abbey. So I said, you guys can't change these. I said, it's, it's just like stick to it. Um, Andrew pretty much took over the menu. At first, it was, it was crazy. I'll tell you stories like, ay, ay, ay. we had our soft opening. So he was doing these chicken wings. So do you know the term sous vide? Sure. No. Yeah, you put them in water. Yeah. All right. So he was sous vide these wings. And it's just <laughs> kind of like they're floating around. I go, Andy, what the fuck are these? He goes, well, I'm just cooking them. I said, what the hell are they in water? Uh-huh. I said, I don't want boiled wings. Oh, no, they aren't boiled wings. And he tries telling me, I said, I don't give a shit. I don't want boiled wings. I said, we got to do something with these wings. And he goes, don't worry. You'll like them. You'll like them. So, all right. So, they're all done. And next thing you know, he's got these, like, uh, he's shaving celery. So, I said, what are you doing? I said, well, these, this is celery straw. I said, what the hell is this for? He goes, for the wings. <laughs> it's I called go, garnish. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was a garnish. This was like your, 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 it's like, holy shit. So, we go through the day, we get through the night and everything else like that. I said, ah, Andy, that was very good. Don't ever do that shit here again. I go, it ain't never going to go. I don't care. Nobody's going to know if these wings are, you know, they, they don't want sous vide wings. They want fried wings. Everybody wants yeah. fried wings. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but he did, he taught me so much for the other, uh, for the other entrees and uh, the burgers and stuff like that. And uh, it was great to work with him for the years that we did because it was pretty it was uh, just good to work with them, to learn. I used to be coming home late at night, Mark, and me and Chuck have been friends for years. Chuck's pulling in. I'm <laughs> pulling into his restaurant. I'm pulling into the house. <laughs> long night. Guy works his ass off. Talk about, is that where the work ethic comes from? Five in the morning, you're in there making roasted peppers and all that shit. Is that where it started, or was that just gradually over the years habit? It's probably from being a dumbass when I was younger because uh, I used to watch my dad and I would be the jerk that would say something stupid to him that just kind of like, uh, Jesus Christ, you can't come with us this week? Oh, no, no, I got to work. Oh, Jesus, yeah, hell of a father you are, you know, and okay. shit like that. Right. And not realizing at the time, it was just kind of like that's, I mean, this business, you have to be there all the time. Absolutely. And as I got... Uh, into the biz, into the brick oven bistro. I mean, not so much at Charlie O'Brien's because Charlie O'Brien's was, it was more booze. Like we were probably 70% booze, 30% food. At the brick oven bistro, we were 70% food, 30% beer and wine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just you know, like people say, you know, what the hell time you get there? I said, what do you care? You know, I just, <laughs> I got to, I got to get there. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, if you want something done, you got to do it, you know, and you, and you learn. And it's a seven day a week job. You know, even if you're, you're closed on one day a week, two days a week. You still got to be there seven days. You know, it's uh, it's not a bad thing. It is a lot of commitment. I'm, it is. It's it, a it's a great commitment. You know what? You don't you don't mind it when you see um, the biggest the biggest thrill I ever got was when you're sitting there and you know you go back there in the kitchen, you help the guys out. You can't be working the whole time, but you can be there. You know what I mean? So I'm back there. I'm trying to help these guys make sure. I said, look, you need anything, you call me. You know, I said, you need anything? I said, I'll get it for you. I said, don't worry about it. You know, and all of a sudden, when you go back on the dining room at the time, 
Well, I'm saying you see happy faces, it's just kind of like, you know, you accomplish something then. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's thankless. Uh, but, uh, oh, sure. The kitchen is, it's it sometimes, you know, it feels that way. You oh, know? yeah. Especially the way I treat people back there. <laughs> I, I worked in them, you know. Uh, you sometimes you, you had to have a lot. You had to have a thick skin to work uh, in a kitchen. And I mean, what do you feel about like the the wage changing and everything like ask that? Ask me about thick skin first. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- <laughs> do you have thick skin? Now? No, there there is no thick skin anymore in the kitchens. <laughs> That's where the gypsy turn comes in. I mean, yeah. uh, you kind of just got to take it and get on with your work. And you, uh, hey, we're here to do a job. Right. Yeah. We're gonna yell. But right. after, we're going to bust balls, and I'm going to buy you right. a drink. Yeah, we're going to have a beer. I try yeah. to tell people, I think uh, Joe Yergi from the Mulberry said it the best. He goes, I'm not yelling at you because I'm angry. I'm yelling at you because I'm passionate. And I right. want you to listen to that and listen to it again and again and again. And it's true. We are passionate. I mean, we love the business. Yeah. I mean, we do. And you're not trying to – you're not trying to um, – you're not trying to make fun of anybody. You're not trying to – you know, tear them up or something like that. I mean, that's afterwards. That's when you're drinking. Then, you, you, then, all, then all the shots fly and shit like oh, that. Yeah. But you're trying to teach somebody. It's like, look, it, I'm yelling at you because we want it done this way. Right. You know? Keep your head on a swivel. Yeah. The kitchen, it's it's weird. It's it, it. I mean, I worked with Kara Scanlon, and we must fist fought every night, and I would have lost that 99% of every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I got my money at Kara. Hell yeah. I'm surprised that I she had eyes. to beat those brothers off. All them <laughs> yeah, years. yeah, yeah. I thought she was going to dig my eyes out every single night, but then, you know, we go ahead and drink, and... Yeah, everything's cool. You know, and people were, you know, you they'd walk tiptoe by you in the kitchen, and you're like, just go about your shit, man. Like, right. yeah, we're going to lose it. Yeah. You know what I've noticed now, Chuck, is that there's a lot of passionate guys that work in this industry, but their pay grade, like, you need to settle down, pal. Like, I love the passion and everything, but you make X amount of dollars, you're on the fryer, these three guys are taking responsibility. Don't take this to heart. Just come in and do your job. Have you noticed that at all? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It kills me. And, Am I uh, on the right track? Very, on a, it's, it's a great track because um, uh, here I have uh, – I would love to keep – the team I had last, last year, this past season, this, this current season, but more, more like during the summertime, they were friggin' phenomenal, most of them. And uh, I had one blip, in the, but he's gone. <laughs> and uh, But, I mean – I try to make these guys as happy as I can. And I try to show them, I said, look it, you know, you work hard. I said, I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. I said, understand. I said, I can't carry you all year and I'll bring you back next year. I said, if you work hard for me, but it's uh it's a, it's a damning business. I mean, I feel bad for guys like John and that because like I said, these kids, you got young kids and it's just kind of like, you want 17 bucks an hour. I said, go fuck yourself. I said, you ain't worth it. I said, yeah. you know how long it took me to get 17 bucks an hour? Oh my God. You know, it was just like, it was incredible. I said, you guys don't know shit. Right. You don't know shit. And uh, that's the bad part. Yeah. It's, I talked to my cousin out in Colden and he says the same thing. He's like, you know, 
sometimes you're lucky to get four or five days out of them. And then you it's yell a at them. Rotation. Oh, yell at them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they just leave and go, get the hell back here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, where are you like, going? What are you it's doing? Like, get over yeah. here. So I was just yelling at you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not going to kick your ass. You're yeah. like, no, clean the grease strip, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the worst job. We always say that. Oh, it is. It is the worst job. No doubt about it. Well, it's the worst job when you don't get it done, and then no, it's the worst job when you're hungover. That's it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We all done that. But you know, I would uh, if 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 that ever happened, a fifteen dollar minimum wage, I would wash dishes the rest of my life. <laughs> it is the greatest job in the kitchen, and nobody realizes it. it you know, it's funny. It's just like I try to tell the young kids. I go, "Look, you dumb bastard!" I said, "Here's what you do. Let me show you." I said, "I'll work the first hour with you. Just follow what I do." So I would walk walk them through it, walk them through it, and all of a sudden, it's like, "What are you doing?" Oh, I said, what did I just show you? And all of a sudden, yeah. he's just kind of like, oh, okay. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I said, look, kid, you get all the free food you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't let anybody catch you. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, look, it. I said, you do all right back here. I said, stay busy. I said, Don't worry about it. So you can play music back here. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The best job. If that really ever happened, yeah. you got a dishwasher for life. Worst job. <laughs> worst job. Will work deep, for him, right? deep fryer. Deep fryer is the worst job. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. And what do you even get paid to do that? I mean, you're not making sixteen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you get paid one dollar yeah. more than a dishwasher. <laughs> Keep me as a dish dog. I'll uh, be soaking one oh, all night. Absolutely. But, <laughs> nice yeah. and quiet. No one's yelling at you. Right. Like, you need the fish plate. We got you. Uh, no the, problem. The buddy. gypsies just uh, they take things to heart. Uh, oh and, God, and, there's so many. I, I told one guy uh, at an establishment I worked, I said, listen, employee of the month, you need to slow the fuck down, will you? Just do your <laughs> no, job. That's all they sure. want. Yeah. You don't need to get into drama. and you know, like to Stop it. Just relax. But do that, your job. You'll that be qualifies fine. probably about three quarters of the people in the kitchen, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're terrible. Oh, man, they're terrible. Yeah. But then yeah. you got guys like uh, Donnie Kumro. Oh. Like I, I worked for Donnie for a long time. It was like uh, no strand. I worked for him. Uh, Tom Gang. Tommy Gang's one of the best. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. the, there's like guys that you just like think about when you know that's like the yeah. Category. Tommy Gang's really cool. He's yeah. really cool. Uh, Chris Daniels, he'd be a really cool guy to work for. <laughs> <laughs> never worked for him. I never did. I love Chris. I, I think. He runs a great establishment. Yeah. I really think well, he's a tight uh, chef. Oh, Sean Wiles. I worked for Sean. Sean Does was Baba, great. Yeah. And where's yeah. he? Is he up in uh, Boston? Yeah. Boston, yeah. Yeah, he's going to get up there. So there are, there are a small. Max now, Max. Yeah. Leather Barrel, yeah. He's been in it for, I mean, it's got to be 17 Bill, years. Well, Billy, Billy uh, Potters. Oh, yeah, yeah Billy, Billy Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. yeah. So th- there is a small percentage of guys that they, they get their place and they stay. Right. You know? But uh, then there's those guys, uh. <laughs> and I look at them, and I know right away. And sometimes the person don't listen to me. I go, "You really think this is gonna work?" Uh. And they're like, "Oh, well, you will you will you stop? Well, you just uh. give somebody a benefit of the doubt for a change." <laughs> yeah, about seven days Eight. later, guess who's walking <laughs> in with his chest tied? Chuck, <laughs> I told you so. I, I know. <laughs> but you have to. What do you, what else can what you, are you do? What are you gonna do? You know, honestly, I mean. W two forms. I think we had some ridiculous, like over three hundred W two forms here last year. Wow! I mean, I had people. I had people coming in working one day, working two days. Right. And that's just kind of like you know, I don't know what you expect. Yeah. What do you expect? I said, you guys got. I mean, you got to work for money. Right. It's like holy shit. I mean, growing up, I mean, 
I know I'm a little bit older than you guys, but I mean, we all grew up making money. Yeah, but, same but kind of values. It, We're you know? throwbacks. Yeah, I mean, you had to earn it and shit like that. But I mean, some of these young kids, it's like, man, holy shit, kid, you're you're, you're lost. Bitching when it's yeah. too busy, bitching when it's dead. Right. Jesus, I always say to them, you know, guys, guys here, you gotta take the good with the bad. Yep. Right. Just Absolutely. do your job and put a fucking smile on. If I could do it, yeah. you could do it. <laughs> I remember closing down a restaurant, then going to the hot bartending and closing that one down. And oh, then yeah. by the end of the night, you know, you're like, oh, I gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> I gotta go sit down somewhere else. Like I can't even go home yet. I'm so riled up. We uh, talk about camaraderie all the time. It, there's there's really not the camaraderie of guys meeting up like they used to it. The, the owners or the bartenders. It's kind of like an every man for itself business now, don't you think? Yeah. I'd love to be able to. I would love to be able to because, I mean, I feel so bad sometimes. Uh, Summer times I get uh, guys from the Mulberry, guys from 40 Thieves. I see guys yeah. from WeChecks. Mike. Mike's a great guy. You, right. know, you just try to – you want to get over them more and stuff like that, but it's just uh, – It's tough. It's hard. It is hard. There's not enough Chucks, Marks, or Jimbos, you know? Yeah, that is. And it's uh, – it's, and there's some places I could give a shit if I go in there and go see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, don't, I really don't care. Yeah. I love going to, like I said, I like going to see Chris, uh, Tommy Cowan, Tom, you know, like yeah. I said, at Docs. Now, but Docs, you don't get into that. I don't get into that much. I mean, when I go in there, Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm a narc, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like people look at me like I'm a narc. It's like, yeah. how's this guy? <laughs> yeah, they have their own thing. You know, everybody's yeah. got their thing and their, their niche yeah. over their crowd. Yeah. It, it seems to me, Chuck, that the, the, the better places now are – kind of like the more adult establishments those roadhouses like we said they really don't exist anymore but they are there right. for the kids to you know roll right. around and fight and you know play right. whatever music they want but it seems like the draft beer is where it goes and when you got to the bistro you guys did something different in the neighborhood we tried it over on hopkins is all those taps how did that get it how did that start well when we uh that was one of the things when we went in there. I got to tell you, first of all, the, the great story about the the bistro, Maddie Burke. We all love Maddie Burke. He's a he's a Burke. He's there for the he's, he's there, there for, for the, the community. He's there yeah, for the I community. Here. All right, so let me you tell you put about that on Berkey. The sign. <laughs> I see Burke the one day, and uh, we're at a Sabres game. Me and Mary at a Sabres game. My wife, and uh, he goes, "What are you doing tomorrow?" I said, "I don't know why." He goes, "Come on, I got to meet you." I said, "I'll buy you lunch." I said, "I'll take advantage of this," you know. Yeah. So I met Maddie. We sat down talking, and he goes, "Hey, look," he said, "Riley's just selling." He goes, "I think we can get it." He's selling my building and your building, and I heard there's some people looking at. It. I think we can get a, you know, maybe we could talk to him. We'll get we'll get a decent deal. So I said, "All right, we'll start talking to him." You know, so we did, and uh, that's why I talked to John, got him into it, and everything. So we're all on board. So I said, "All right, we're going to do it." So. We signed a paper, the commitment paper. So the next day, Maddie's outside his store, and some realtor car pulls up in front. So it's a lady and a guy. So uh, they're out there looking around. Of course, Maddie, you know him. He's good. Hey, can I help you? <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, we're just looking at the building. So we're interested in buying the building and stuff like that. So he goes, oh, are you? And all of a sudden, she looked at him. And she goes, man, you look really familiar. And he goes, no, I don't know you. And she goes, no, 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 you really, you look really familiar. Maddie said, no, 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 I don't, I don't know who the hell you are. You know, you know Maddie Burke. So mm-hmm. um, Maddie goes, so by the way, so what are you guys thinking about? And uh, they look at him and they go, well, we're thinking about 
making this like a, a house of worship. And he goes, oh, are you? <laughs> so <laughs> Maddie's looking at him. He goes, oh, that's nice. He goes, uh, by the way, so is your husband a lawyer? She goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, you guys used to hang out at the Buffalo House all the time, right? And she goes, yeah, that's where I know you're from. Yeah, well, go out to fucking Amherst where you live and you go buy a place out there. He goes, yeah, we just bought this place yesterday. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> thought, oh, man. I said, Maddie, that was the best. Yeah. That was the best. So Go back to Amherst. Yeah. So we get a – it was it was pretty – it was it was. It was great. And and this is right when that draft beer craze is right. kind of starting. When, and, and I know we've talked a lot. Yeah. We'll talk about it now. We'll, so what happened was uh, at the time, the State Liquor Authority was making new rules uh, depending on where you were, what part of the state you were, and who you knew, what you knew. And the old rule used to be 200 feet door to door. So there's a school across the street from the Brick Oven Bistro. It was 67 at the time. And it was like 220 feet from their door to our front door. So it's just kind of like, yeah, we come in. So we have a gentleman by the name of Bob Heil, uh, who's our expediter for our license. Great guy. Recommend him anybody that goes through this. And uh, he goes, Chucky, he said they just changed the law. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, now it's. 200 feet, property line to property line. I go, son, are you kidding me? Mm. He goes, no, you can still have beer and wine. And I said, well, I don't know. That ain't bad. Maybe we can do something with food here. Maybe South Buffalo's ready for a food place, you know? We'll do the beer and wine and not worry about it. And plus, we won't get certain people that are going home at 4 o'clock in the morning in front of your place. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting that wh- that whiskey crowd. Yeah. yeah, that one person that everybody worries about walking up and down Avon <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, so I said, what the hell? What do we got to lose besides a couple, <laughs> besides a couple grand, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, so we did it, and uh, it came down to you give them a good product. Um, I didn't know much about draft beer back then, and I still don't know much about draft beer. But I knew there was a group of people out there that loved good draft beer. So we had 18 taps, had to designate one to Guinness, and we designated one to Cider. Because the people that don't want, you know, they don't want beer or wine, that's a close thing to a mixed drink they're going to get. And it was kind of discouraging at times. Like, uh, you see a lot of parents, people's parents, like, they come in there and they come up and like, can I get a Southern Cup from Manhattan? You go, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, Okay, give me a White Zinfandel then, please. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah, sure, I got a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah, a Pino. So, uh, and it was, uh, it, it, it was great, you know, it's just like we had the 18 draft beers, but we had a really nice back cooler full of Bud Lights, Blue Lights, Blues, yeah. Buds, that, you know. You had to get creative, you know. There's right. there's things you could do. Sake is wine and, you know. Sake Bloody Marys. Stuff. Yeah. Sake all... sucks. We, I took the, <laughs> I I took the sake, sake shit out. <laughs> yeah. I, I took the sake, sake out and dumped vodka in there. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when certain oh. people like Kinger, so oh, like Kinger. when certain Kingers came in, wanted a Bloody Mary, he got a Bloody Mary. He, he got a real one. Huh? He's still mad that you didn't name a sandwich after him. Yet. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> he's he's not that important. I never worked for the city. <laughs> I love the man, but you know. But one of the, I mean, well, I mean, you're a man of the people. We talked about the back of the house. The one thing I noticed that people learn from you, especially the you know your guy Mike Interlecki over there, is how to. Table to table, being nice to, and saying hello to everybody. Is that an art form that's being lost today, do you think? Um, 
actually, you know, what's being lost is because they want a lot of, um, there's, there's just so many little, like, Olive Gardens, like I said, there's, yeah, there's just yeah. not that many. Um, do you, you're going to see successful restaurants with people that do that. I mean, the biggest successful restaurant on here is Salvatore's. And right. why, is it, why is it successful? Because Russell's out there, because Mark Yergi's out there. Yeah. Um, you look at uh, the other place, the Mulberry, the Mulberry. You know why it's success, successful is because, you know, Joe's out there. Joe Yergi's out there. Timmy's out there and stuff like that. Um, Curly's. Like you said, they got people that, I mean... When Krista and Kurt had it, I mean, they were out there. It's um, it you have to. You have you know? to do that. I you think. gotta, and that's part of the passion, though. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you see a restaurant and it and they're not out there, you know, it's just kind of like, well, maybe they don't give a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, look at Jeannie. Go back to Jeannie McCarthy's, Jeannie and Mary. Yeah. Jeannie was always in the front of the bar. Mary was always in the back in the kitchen, out talking to people, and. uh I hope that doesn't go away. I really, I really don't. It shouldn't go away. Yeah. If it does go away, your business is going to go away. I yeah. Think. I always say to Jim that I go to the Outback because I'm not. I'm like, ah, I'll send it back. You know, when I'm in the neighborhood, <laughs> I'm like, ah, you know, I just right. don't want. I don't want like a waitress to think she's not going to get a tip for like some mistake that some kid. Then uh, you're like, at, at the hometown places, you're always like, I'll just you know, tough I'll just, it out. I'll right, just you know. eat it. You know, but do you, you ever think you don't get an honest opinion when you got a mom and pop shop, or you do? That's a good question. I, I don't know. I just think that uh, nowadays with the mom and pops, the hardest part is like, the, I don't know, they don't have the service like they used to either. I mean, when you went into Tano's, you knew all the service. Chefs, you knew all the service and shit like that. Um, it is uh, it is tough. I mean, the service, service part is tough because they don't want to be there. You know what I mean? They, it, I don't know if the people aren't out there asking for the jobs and that. But the servers are not the, the professional servers. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't mean they don't have to be, you know, professional. But I'm just talking about the good ones, you know, personable people. Absolutely. Like no, I, I I roll my eyes. I like I'll cringe here, and that's, and it's probably partially my fault. I want to try to give as many college kids I can like help because I know they need it, like mm-hmm. in the off season stuff like that. Until I find out the little assholes are making like six, seven hundred bucks a night, <laughs> shit like that, and you're watching work and you go. What'd you just say? Come here. <laughs> yeah, right? You know? Yeah, but that's why the cook, you know, I was, I mean, it was always tough because, you know, no matter how, you guys would go through, you know, 400 tickets doing whatever, and you're like, man, we just busted our ass, and then the waitress is walking around with her pockets fat, and you're like. Always going to be. It's it just, it's, yeah. that's it's like. always going to be. It's, it's the worst, right? Yep. I mean, for me, it was always worse. Always but front like, of house, back of the house. Yeah, it's tough. That's but, why I love it. But the, either one wouldn't want to deal with what the other one deals with, you know. And I tell you, you know what? If any waitresses or waiters are listening to this, <laughs> it's just kind of like, you know, it wouldn't hurt. Go buy the guys in the back a drink once in a while. Yeah, go buy absolutely. them. Oh, for sure. Go bring a, go bring a, a pie in. Go, go out and get a, you ever a pizza. See, you ever see the wedding singer? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't ask to do that anymore. No, yeah. But you know what I mean. It's, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know it goes what? Servers, so it's just you know? be smart. It's the, just tults, kinda... the tults tips and buys them a drink. When he goes to the local places, he always buys the yeah. the chef a drink. See, but I, and then I, I, I kind of have this thing, too. Uh, so we were in a band for a long time. And, like, going out and playing at bars, how do you feel about entertainment? And it, sometimes it feels like, you know, a band's going to bring the crowd. But you, you got a place here now that I think that the crowd comes. Like, look, you're not going to beat a sunset over the water. You know, I don't think there's any band that's going to beat that in a fucking well, thank million Thank you for years. bringing that up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, 
we brought bands, we brought music in here for, um, for entertain, you know, just to make the people comfortable outside and stuff like that. Do I think we need it? No, absolutely not. But you know, in another way, it's, uh, you know, to give the musicians in that, uh, you know, give me an opportunity to play out here. And, it, and the bad part about the kitchen waitress, so like the front of the house, back of the house, is like the front of the house thinks that you're making, everybody's making $1,000 a week. Where it's, it's wrong. They're not making $1,000 mm-hmm. a week. It rains one day. <laughs> where if, uh, like, the front of the house, it's just kind of like, you know, you take what they make, just kind of like, whew. I say, you guys do pretty good. You should appreciate what they do in the back, you know? Yeah. Well, you bow out of the bistro. Mm-hmm. And then you get Charlie's Boatyard going in 2015. Yep. And it's quite the digs out here, Chuck. It's nuts. <laughs> it's 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 nuts. I've uh, I've been doing it a long time. Like I said, you know how many years I've been doing it. And uh, this year, I had my ass handed to me. And there's there's no there's no other way to put it. It was just kind of like uh, I can tell you that it was uh, it was great putting this second floor on the addition on. It was great. Um, it looks so much better. My biggest thing was always getting it away from everybody saying, yeah, Doug's Dive. I said, it's not Doug's Dive anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I said, it's Charlie's Boatyard. I said, you go down there. I said, you'll see a big difference. And uh, we come out here, and uh, they, it was just miraculous that it got finished right before Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And uh, we opened up, and the summer was great. I mean, the weather was unbelievable. And like I said, I've been through – a lot of busy days, a lot of busy nights and shit like that. And like being Charlie O'Brien's there in St. Patrick's Day, you ever thought that was crazy? Oh, yeah. Tried the 4th of July the day after the 4th of July here. Yeah. And it was uh, me, Fonzo, and there was probably about four other people in the kitchen that day put out over 900 meals. Wow. For one day. And it was just kind of like we are sitting and we had to like the – your eyes were spinning, yeah. <laughs> like the old cartoons and shit like yeah. that. You're going, holy shit, what, where the hell these people come from? And yeah. it was nuts, and it was great. And uh, the best part about it was there wasn't a lot of people complaining and stuff like that. And when you have a place like this, you have to get used to it's not a neighborhood place. So people in neighborhood places don't complain as much. Right. Like, they'll, they'll say something to their neighbor, but they won't say something to they the They won't owner. say it to your face, right. Yeah. Here, holy shit. <laughs> uh, damn, I thought I was going to be... Uh, chastise a couple times. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, one time was horrible. Well, at least they do it to your face. I mean, now you see that Yelp. And what do you think of that now? I mean, you're a throwback. Yelpback is a bunch of spineless bastards just <laughs> on their phone, just putting shit out there that just shouldn't be put out there. I don't I think, think, it's, um, it's I think restaurant owners, I think restaurant owners should be able to put a Yelp site out there saying, all right, a customer comes up, starts bitching about something, and all of a sudden you're looking at it and go, I remember what you had. I said it wasn't bad at all. Then you take a picture of them and put it out on Yelp. So it's other restaurant owners. I say, hey, when this asshole comes in your place, just expect this. I think that would <laughs> <Yeah>. be great. <laughs> I don't think re- reverse it. Yeah, I don't think a lot yeah. of people would like to do it, but I would love to do it. Mobile but, Patrol Yelp. Yeah, it's like yeah. Mobile yeah. Patrol Yelp. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a fan of Yelp at all. I just think it's a bunch of. People watch Food Network. I mean, I should talk. I watch the Food Network, but yeah. I mean, people watch Food Network and also they're experts. It's like you know. You, couldn't right. taste there no between cinnamon, cardamom, you know, something like that. You know, it's just that 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 really sucked. To, that started uh, to really put a damper on this business for a little bit. But I think 
I don't know about you guys, but um, I don't think we follow Yelp as much as we used to. No, I, I, I agree. never, I never did. It yeah. was, you know, I think it's it's kind of it ran its course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it ran its course. I, I take like people. You know, you can think of people. I have a buddy Greg that you know. When sometimes you're like, you know, let's go check this place mm-hmm. out. You know, you go with a friend that like that you guys have similar sure. tastes or something. It's like you got to check everything out. Yeah. You can't take anything for anybody's word anymore mm-hmm. because they could just have a bad day. You know, Absolutely, they're willing to complain. Like I said, that could be their could have been not their neighborhood. Oh, we've had bad. I mean, I've had bad. I've had bad shit go out here, and also I just got. Yeah, you got every right to complain, buddy. Said, hey, don't worry about that. I said, and then you go back to it, and you understand. You know, just kind of like yeah. those guys are under, under a lot of pressure back there. Yeah, yeah. I used to have nightmares of that ticket <clears> thing coming up. You know, uh, it keeps going uh, and just going, and then you I walk had, over and the big I, pile of them, and you wake up. I had up. one asshole that worked here. <laughs> He turned it off one day because he thought the orders were going to stop coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh, God rest his soul, he's gone now. But, I mean, it's just kind of like, I swear to God, all of a sudden, so how, come how many started popping out? How yeah. come you not start getting, how, where's your tickets? And I turned it off. Turn that fucking machine back <laughs> yeah. out. Boom. Oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> Do you think that there's a little lack in, uh, like, I just, I don't see our Chamber of Commerce. Like, what's. We don't have a Chamber Yeah, of that's what I mean. We're, on, we're under, like, Erie County's. And I mean that's got to be a problem, right? Um, I mean, you ran a business on Abbott Road for. But you know what's funny? Yeah. I, th- I don't know if they just expect, and uh, I don't know if they expect us to get on social media and promote ourselves. And I don't know if that's the way it is now because I mean that was never the way back at the Glass Abbey. That was never the way back at Charlie O'Brien's social media. I mean that was right. So maybe that's what now it's not their job anymore. It's your job to go out and promote yourself. And Which that's is social kind of media. bullshit. Oh, that's, that's bullshit. 100%. You know? I mean, because um, out of every dollar I collect here, I want to say what the hell goes in there, like six, 17 cents of every dollar I collect goes to the state. Wow. And so it's just kind of like, you know, you know, you want to mind an attaboy, hey, you know, maybe we can do this for you once in a while, but yeah, that ain't going to happen. Well, hopefully it changes. I don't see it. But I don't see it either, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm very happy for the opportunity that I got here. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's it's awesome. Tell us what's going on down here. What what can we expect down here? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna shut down January and February. Uh, January, February, March. We're gonna open up probably St. Patty's Day weekend and stuff like that. Um, I do have the firemen's bagpipe unit coming down here for a party for their private you know for a private party. Mm-hmm. Open up, try to get you know put it out there that we'll be there for the ward parade and the uh, Buffalo parade and stuff like that. If they want to come down. There, I'll bring the old. Charlie O'Brien's corned beef and cabbage dinner back. Oh, that's Try nice. to get some entertainment in that. And uh, probably going more towards April, we'll open up. We'll have uh, Easter Easter Day brunch, Mother's Day brunch. That'll uh, be when it gets warm and everybody gets the fever. Yeah. It'll be a lot easier. Well, hopefully we do a license to talk about up here, Murky. Oh, yeah. I like these things. Well, well absolutely. We're going to have to figure something out. Well, and then, I mean, we're we're – you got to catch the action on Seneca Street. I hear a little scuttlebutt that you're catching a little Seneca Street fever. What's going on over there? Uh, not so much the fever, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, an opportunity is more like it. Nice. Um, my cousin Gary and um, his brother, who shall be <laughs> yeah. I can't name right now, uh, have an opportunity uh, to open up a beer store. A uh, consumer style beer store up on Seneca and Buffum, which we're hoping to get moving real soon. Um, it's a great opportunity. There's nothing like it around. 
and Seneca Street is, I mean, there's, there's a lot happening. There really is. Um, you see a lot of action up there. You see more action on Seneca Street than you do on Salt Park or Abbott Road now and that. And I'm sure it's all going to come around. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great opportunity. And, you know, uh, I was always a believer in competition. Competition is great. I know consumers is uh, very big in a... They'll never go away. They're fine. No. They're fine. Gotcha. Yeah. Totally fine. But I just, I hope they get nervous with one person. <laughs> I, I hope they get nervous. I, I mean, I don't think, I think that they're just fine. They're, yeah. I mean, in the, you, that's great though, you know, yeah. I, but I think that there's just more seats at the table than people think with that kind right. of thing. But then there's nobody taking the seat at the table for like the kids. That's what I hate about our neighborhood yeah. is yeah. like how many more bars and restaurants can we open up? I mean, yeah, everybody needs their seat at the table. Do this, do that. But like, I don't see anything aimed at like our youth. Not one bit. Uh, you know, do you think that there's a need for that up there? And who who do you think could do it? Or, you know, as far as youth, I don't know. What can you bring in there to help? I mean, uh, Ty McDonald does a great job. Is that the? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's great. I love I love the uh, dog ears. Yeah, you know, I know Tommy does a great job, and you're right. Um, I don't know. Do you get the kids out of the house after computer? You know, after little Game Boys and all this. I know you're so involved with the hockey and that. Yeah. I mean that's great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're trying to take tackle football away from kids, <laughs> yeah. which is, I don't know. I think that's where I got my start. <laughs> yeah, that's where the hustle comes lead, from. lead with your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think Hook and Ladder and those guys they do a they do a lot of events, you know. Right. It, it, and maybe that's something that that can happen is more people contributing to, you know, make bigger things happen. And with another store going up to Seneca right. Street, you might be able to make that kind of thing happen, yeah. you know, because I think that's really what we're missing. And maybe that's how it has to go. Maybe. You'll never be able to afford to open up a business that's totally dedicated to that, but maybe you can set up more events right, that yeah. have people. Oh, I definitely, I, I've always been hands-on with stuff like that. Right. Uh, with all the events that happen in South Buffalo, it's nice to be a part of. Yeah, well, you got a good heart. I, I've seen it live and in person, and uh, you're always there. You never say no to people when they're looking for, you know, uh, you know anything for a fundraiser or anything like that. Um, and then uh, I, you're nuts. I'll tell you that, Chuck. You're gonna. You, what do you got going on at Everett Road now? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's just a little thing we got going on. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, coming soon, huh, too, that's huh? Good. I have. Uh, they just started working on it. So we got the water. We got the water in there. Uh, electrical should be in there next week or two. Uh, the old Bigelow's gas station at Abbott and Cushing, where the infamous. Uh, was there a battery involved? I don't know about the battery. Yeah. So we're going to try to do uh, something unique there. It's going to be a combination of a, a kind of like a country peddler Gershows where I want to be the store that you get that people in South Buffalo can go to. Instead of going to Tops or Wegmans for 10, 12 items, I want you to be able to go there. The only thing I probably, we, I don't know, we talked about it. I'm a, I have a couple partners with that. Uh, we're going to probably stay away from beer and cigarettes. It's just kind of yeah. like, you know, if you want beer and cigarettes, go across the street to 7-Eleven. Right, yeah. yeah. If um, you want, like you said, you want to let your kids come up here, ride their bikes up there, get stuff. I said they shouldn't feel, they should feel very safe coming in there. You um, know you're coming into a place with a lot right. of families. Yeah. So well, it'll be pretty unique. It'll be uh, it'll be something we're looking forward to. Well, that seems like a good investment. Yeah. I, right. I wish you luck. You always do well. Uh well, Chuck, a man that uh, travels around and reinvents himself. Chuck Goodspeed, you are now licensed to talk. Thanks, brother. All right, you too, guys. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> Thank much. You. <laughs>